Trash Cinema. Hey everybody, welcome to Trash Cinema. It's our Valentine's Day special. We'll be discussing My Bloody Valentine, the remake, and uh, Valentine from 2001. I'm your host, Michael. Kersey's on the other side. Hey, what's up, everybody? The, uh... Okay, you might be wondering about why I don't discuss the original My Bloody Valentine, and this is where you're probably going to stop the episode. It's fucking boring. The original from 1981, I think, is a snooze fest. Yeah, I mean, I... So I, I love horror films, all that stuff. I actually just recently watched um, Last Man on Earth, the Vincent Price Oh, yeah, I like uh, that one. Movie. Morgan! I really liked it. Morgan! It's, <laughs> it's incredibly slow. But I do have to say that a lot of like the horror classics are overrated. Alien, I've actually never finished the movie. I fall wow. asleep every single time. I like Alien. I know it's a classic, aliens, I, can't, yeah, I, know. I can't. I have ADD, so sometimes it's harder for me. Like When people told me to watch Exorcist the first time, I'm like, yeah, it's good. I don't understand why. It's, I guess it's because of the time. I mean, I saw it like 25 years after it came out, so that didn't help any. Sure, yeah. But and that, yeah, that's gonna happen. I mean, classics don't always hold up. No, and time. and there is a contingency of horror fans that will take any horror movie. That's why there's so many mini labels now, boutique labels that release everything special edition. Literally, right now we're talking. Uh, Shout Factory probably just released the special edition of My Bloody Valentine. It has certain aspects that are fine, but to be held as a classic, and I've always been confused by it. I'm like, it's just a typical. It's like prom night. The first prom night is okay yep. at best. It looks like shit, whatever print. I gotta see a new print, but it's boring. There's only a handful of them that are good. I'm more of the school of uh, the the fantastic. I want monsters. I want special effects. I don't really like the, the slasher genre anymore. I really grew out of it. I really like the existential type of horror. That's why body horror is like my favorite genre. Okay, so like Cronenberg, like you're a big fan of Oh, yeah. Like, the idea of becoming something new, that it's coming from within, not from outside. It's yeah. always interesting. Yeah, I'm a carpenter guy. I like the blob. You know, something like that. Uh, you know, 80s uh, oh, special Oh, fantastic. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. I, I picked up the Blu-ray from Shout Factory. It's great. It's excellent. The, uh, uh, the howling, you know, that kind of stuff. I love monsters. Uh, the slasher, it's real touch and go with me, especially as uh, the years go on. They get slower and slower. And... It's a unique premise, I guess. Uh, I mean, technically it's ripping off Halloween because it's just doing another ho- uh, uh, holiday slasher. I, I'm just not down for it. I think the acting is subpar and it just doesn't have it. The remake, though, I'm holy shit fucking bonkers for this movie. I love this movie. We're talking about My Bloody Valentine? Yeah, the remake, 2009. Uh, Todd yeah. Farmer directed and uh, Patrick Lucier uh, directed it. Sorry, did I say Todd Farmer wrote it, Lucier directed it, and that the, what, two years later they did Drive Angry. And these two guys, they just, uh, I think they know how to deliver on really great, like, drive-in style filmmaking. Yeah, uh, like, high-intensity action. I mean, like the... The, the serial killer aspect of it, and I mean, I'm not crazy about this one. Um, I definitely think Drive Angry is much better. If you oh, watch one of their movies, yeah. I would definitely go Drive Angry. But um, I, I actually, I really did like this. I thought that the opening uh, section of the movie is actually its strongest point. It is. It's, when it, it kind of just... Sorry, like what? The, the deaths in the beginning really just kick it in. You know, it's like a cinematic uh, nut 
punch, you know. Uh, and the ending is pretty yeah. good, too. I would say in the middle I was getting a little... I think it was a little boring because the deaths were starting to kind of repeat themselves. But there's only so many things you can do with a pickaxe mm-hmm. since he seemed to be fo- solely focused on using that damn tool. Right, yeah. And it, it's a pretty decent serial killer weapon. It, it does have a lot of uh, different uses. So that I, I was, it was pretty cool to see how he was able to use it in different ways. But I really do like the very intense, like how fast everything was moving for this serial killer. How like it, it made it the, the situation seem more daunting. Yeah, I hate it in slash movies when the girl's just screaming and screaming and screaming, like up against the wall and not doing anything. I'm trying to trying to figure a way out of it. Yeah. Oh, and the guy just lumbers along as they're running through the woods, and no matter how fast they go, he always seems to be there. I hate that bullshit. This killer is fast yeah. and efficient and smart. Yeah, I love the fact that within like what a minute of waking up, he killed like ten people. Like it was that quick. Yeah. Like it, it gave this sense of urgency that you don't usually get in these slasher movies where they have to where they walk and their victims run away from them, but somehow they catch up. So yeah, uh, it, and I do I think the idea of having it be in the in like a, a serial killer that's kind of in the mines in this mining community actually makes more sense um, because this person who is a miner would have more intimate knowledge of these tunnels. So they would be able to understand where to go to cut them off. Right. So it does. It makes it more acceptable if that person was not running as fast as the other one. But I also like his intensity because he's like if they're running away, he'll throw shit at them. Like he'll throw his pickaxe yeah. at them to stop them from running away. I was like, oh my god, finally. <laughs> it's uh, and when it comes to the scenes where they're, they're, the killer isn't there. Whatever they're giving you is developing the story. It, it develops the characters. And they chose, I think, uh, fairly good actors, especially in this genre. And I know it's a curse that, oh, all these slash movies now are filled with guys from the WB. But I do believe that they chose good actors from them. I mean, what, Kara Smith is from Dawson's Creek. I can't remember what Jamie King's from. Um, why the fuck can I remember the guy's name? He's a Supernatural. Supernatural? Yeah, what's what's the guy's name though? Yeah, Damn, I can't remember. Not name. Jared Paladucky, but no, oh, son of a bitch, I went to look it up. I hate cheating and having to look it up. Dean, Arr, I know it's. Let us, we can just edit that out. I know, no, that's fine. I don't edit. I want people to know that I'm a fuck up. Um, but let's talk about the opening sequence though. I think the best death comes when he hits that girl with a shovel in the mouth, and then he hits the shovel. Oh god! Oh, and the head slides down. And this is all. This is all in 3D, by the way, in the theaters. I never got to see it in 3D. I saw yeah. it on DVD, but uh, I can't imagine that, that that probably looked really great. Yeah, I mean, I would have... I would have loved to see this in 3D. It's unfortunate because there are so many moments when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool if I would get to see uh, that in 3D. Uh, it's, it's funny is that the thing with the shovel, like stabbing it into her head like that and severing it, was actually used in Resident Evil 7, which came out a few years ago. Really? I never went... The, um, the, the game or the movie? Because I don't know how many games there are. Oh, the the game, yeah. Okay, because the movies, somewhere I lost track. I think they were in Vegas, and then I, I just didn't give a shit anymore because it started turning into clones. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Yeah, I, I think I watched only one of them, which is like Apocalypse or something, that's in the desert. Yeah, yeah, I really think boring. that's one most people have seen, the Vegas one. But um, it's Jensen Eccles. I don't know why I forgot that. But um, I, I honestly thought, since Supernatural was pretty hot at the time, I mean, hell, it just ended, so what am I talking about? It's still hot. Um, 
And this movie was a big hit that I thought he was going to go on to other movies because the guy has charisma and I think he could handle some action movies or superhero stuff. And it just never happened. And I was really surprised. It, that's the curse of horror movies, though. I think a lot of producers and directors just scoff at them and they don't even bother to watch it. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's starting to change now. I mean, we got like um, Tony Nichols in uh, Hereditary. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about her possibly being nominated for an Oscar, which she should have won, by the way. I'm in that camp. Yeah. Oh, you um, mean Tony Collette? Then we have like, yeah. Okay. And then there's. Uh, Robert Pattinson and uh, Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, which was excellent. So I feel like it's starting to become a more sort of respected genre. Yeah. I guess it's well, at least think, getting it, a little more mainstream. Yeah, it depends on if it's more artsy or Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse always seems to get good actors. But the slasher film always seems to be something that people kind of like, well, shit, they make money. I guess we'll make them and just, you know, don't talk about it too much after it comes out, okay? Shh, shh. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie, and it has the audacity to have... I commend this actress for running around completely nude for like five fucking minutes. I That, you're on a set with 100 people, and you're still running around like that, and it's like, yeah, that took fucking balls. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean, metaphorically. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, you know, she could have tucked them back. We don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah... <laughs> It's uh, I think I think the final sequence though, when it uh, spoilers, um, it's revealed who it really is, and in the explanation of how he snapped mentally, I think that actually works. A lot of these movies, it seems to be a revenge thing, like oh you humiliated me in high school, like our next fucking movie, um, which was such <laughs> a cliche. This one, uh, you see yeah. him, in the, you see him in the beginning. It makes sense once you think about it, because he has a mental breakdown. And then it reflects back on what happened after he got out of the mental hospital and how he tried to deal with his mental break. And he basically became two different people. Yeah, and I, I like that they held on to that for a, a, a little while. Like, for instance, I feel like a lot of movies with the sort of like, oh, the main character is actually the killer twist. Usually that comes in a series of like quick flashes or quick flashbacks or kind of just glazes over it and then it just makes the turn. But I like that they held on to it. Like, it was this like two minute sequence of him like freaking out and they're just watching him sort of become the serial killer. Yeah. When he keeps like, saying kind that of he's see right the, there. The, what he goes through. Yeah. He keeps saying yeah, the like what he goes behind, you. Mentally he's right behind you. He's like, what are you talking about? Understanding. Yeah. 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 That was really good. Now I recommend this one. Um, but I will say this, it's really early on in the 3d digital technology. So the DVD has a weird blurry quality to it and it looks a little, uh, I don't know. You know how PBS sometimes they air stuff that looks kind of odd, like it's too realistic, but at the same time fake. That's the kind of high definition mm -hmm. they were using back in 2009 to make the the special effects, the the 3D to come out, and it doesn't look mm -hmm. good. Yeah, but um, I'll take this any day over Valentine, the last I would say of the oh. slasher boom post scream. <laughs> Wow, I was excited about this too because I didn't know this at the time. Okay, people, Urban Legend I thought was fucking rad. In college, I thought it was great. I saw it a couple years ago and I was like, what the hell was I thinking? This movie's not good. And then it's from the same director and it had people from Angel and other shows that I liked. I was like, all right, I can get into this. And I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this is the end of this genre. <laughs> yeah, it's not too often you get to witness the death of an entire genre. 
Yeah, I mean, what? Well, okay, so we're talking. There's, it's not the end of the slasher, but there's certain types of slashers. We talked about it before. We had the Halloween style slasher, and then the Fantastic slasher, which started with Nightmare on Elm Street. Then it turned to like the jokey uh, kind of slasher movies with like Child's Play, the later Freddies, and Doctor Giggles and shit like that. Um, then there's the Scream chunk, which went from '96 to 2001. And then it was, uh, I think, a year and a half later is when House of a Thousand Corpses came out. And then that version of the slasher came out where it was all like retro 70s where everything was really grimy and a lot of remakes. I mean, a fuck ton of remakes. And that, that boom lasted for, well, shit, it just, it's still making them because Black Christmas just came out. Again. <laughs> again, again, yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I don't think this new Black Christmas really has anything to do uh, with the Black Christmas movies, I think they just needed the titles so that people would watch it. Oh, I hate that. Um, it doesn't look like it's connected to it at all. Gotcha. But uh, Valentine is definitely a throwback to those 80s slashers. More so than I would say Scream and Urban Legend where they're ultra hip with uh, the dialogue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it basically has a mask. It's a mixture of both. I mean, it has a lot of these pretty, pretty people and... Not very good actresses. I'm sorry. There's a couple of decent ones, but most of them are terrible. Uh, the guys are all douchebags for the most part. <laughs> not for the most part. For the all part. And the weirdest thing, it, the like the creepiest person in this entire movie is the detective. Who's oh, supposed to be God, like I... a hero or a helper. He's just the worst, yeah. creepiest person in the movie. Uh, yeah, it's a big old pervert and... Uh... It's uh, the thing I just talked about where there's a traumatic event when they were a kid. Uh, these movies usually have a middle school or high school, and it, it, it breaks them mentally, and they decide to get to run the, revenge on the people who uh, did wrong to them. And this one is this nerdy little guy is uh, at the middle school dance, and he's trying to look around for anybody who would give him uh, a dance. And he ends up uh, dancing with a heavier set girl and they get along and they start making out under the bleachers and then someone notices and she, like a coward, uh, accuses him of attacking her because she's too ashamed to admit that she wanted to kiss him. And, oh, that's when it just goes all wrong. Then fast forward 25 years, or probably 20 years, which is like uh, what they usually do in these movies. And Cupid is out to shove arrows through people's faces. (laughs) I mean, if we're being honest, it wasn't really like 20 years. It's 20 like, years in the movie time, but for the actors, it's more like 30 years because I think they're all supposed to be in college, but they all look like they're in their late 30s. Okay, so, well, then they would probably be a decade. Well, Catherine Heigl was very... Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that doesn't make any sense with this movie. Whoever cast this did not cast people who look like they're the same age. And that's what fucks it up because Catherine Heigl, who gets killed first, she clearly yeah. is like 18 to 20 at most because this is when she was on Roswell. Yeah. But then you got David Boreanaz, who I'm pretty sure was like 32 or 34 at the time. He was coming at the end of Angel. And Denise Richards, who was in her 30s, I'm sure. And just, it's all over the map with who these people are. So they don't seem like they were friends at one time. I, I don't buy it. Yeah, and that was the thing that confused me, too, is that like they kept showing up to the same places, but they never really established that they still kept in regular contact. I was right. confused as to what the hell was going on. Yeah, and, and, and these girls are stupid because they keep picking the worst guys. And they set that up as like a, a roundtable dating thing. 
And I, I don't know. I would just think that they would have a little bit better taste. The only person who seems to have a brain is Marley Shelton's character, who's the main girl. Uh, she realizes these people are idiots and uh, seems to have some sort of character. Everybody else is just a vapid idiot, and I'm, I'm including both sexes. Even David Boreanaz, who's supposed to be the protagonist, his character is just a sketch. It's, a, it's an unfinished script. It seems like someone just wanted to rush it out for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird. It, it was it was paced so unevenly, and I, I didn't understand that Catherine Heigl did she have a separate contract from everybody? Because her segment was so like disconnected from everything else. It was just weird. Yeah, well, I mean that was like, the curse of they, these movies were, because it was the scream formula: um, get a name. Uh, to show up in the first segment, make people think that they're the star, and kill them off in the first ten minutes. And then that's when you do the real opening with the real cast, and they kind of know that person. That's what was the, the formula they used back then. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, was Catherine Hagel even a really big name back then? Not really. I mean, she was on Roswell, but it was never a hit, so I'm, I'm really confused by that one. I'm guessing, this is my guess, the person that was available mm-hmm. backed out. That person was probably the same age as everybody else. They had to have somebody immediately and got Catherine Heigl for the weekend. That's it. They all, we got her for two days between uh, episodes of Roswell. Yeah. But that would make more sense. It's the only reasoning I can think of of picking someone so much younger than everybody else. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's bizarre because the whole movie revolves around these women trying to find dates. Yeah. It's it's just it, it's just weird. There's like no there's like no plot. There's no momentum. It's just like after a few minutes, like oh, here's a horrible date that that sucks, and then it like yeah. moves on. And it's like, <laughs> oh, here's another scene of them trying to date somebody. It's like yeah. what the fuck is going on? Like this is not like are they all trying to find dates? Like I think the point was they were all trying to find dates for some big for the whatever the party for Valentine's Day. Uh, there might have been this competitive edge to it, but they never really established that. Um, I don't know. Like there were so many things that were happening that I'm not exactly sure what was going on. Yeah. The uh, and then the, the, the trigger. Uh, every killer usually has something that stands out, and this one has a bloody nose. Every time he kills somebody, his nose runs, and that's what the little kid did in the beginning of the movie. And uh, the way they throw that back at the end, I just kept waiting. I knew it was coming. I was like, David Boreanaz is the killer. Come on, watch. <laughs> As he's holding her in his arms, the blood's gonna start dripping down his nose. Yes, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, we all we all knew, we all knew, because obviously, like, oh, it was just a coincidence that the coincidence that the person that was set up to be the killer also got bloody noses, and it was just a coincidence. Like it was, it was stupid. Yeah, my favorite part of the movie is there's a douchebag who donates uh, Denise Richards, and he takes her up to the bedroom or whatever, and he's like, takes off all his clothes, and he's like, what are you doing? Wax it. <laughs> Who calls a blowjob waxing? <laughs> yeah, that was that's weird. You know what? I actually have to disagree. I think Denise Richards' character was probably the smartest one because she didn't really go on dates and uh, she never like slept with anybody. Like at that party, she was just cool being hanging out by herself. And I guess I was like, I, man, that would that was that would be cool. Maybe my problem is is beyond the movie. I think Marley Shelton is a decent actress. I don't care for Denise Richards. I've had a problem with her since no. she was in the James Bond movie. Trying to tell me that she's a biochemical engineer? Shut the fuck up. No, no. 
Wait, which one was that? It was, uh, God, which one is The World is Not Enough, I think. So I'm trying to remember the order. It goes GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, it's The World Tomorrow is Not Enough, dies. and then it's Die Another Day. Boy, I don't think I, I think that's the only one I didn't watch. Yeah, it ends with uh, he's having sex with Denise Richards, and he goes, "I thought Christmas only came once a year." Oh yeah. my God! Okay, I know yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, you ever notice James Bond movies have a lot of the word "die" in them? Like this last one with Daniel Craig has "die" in it. Can they just not come? It's either golden or it's die. So the next one should just be die golden. <laughs> <laughs> die Goldman. <laughs> Alright, um, that is it for me. I do not recommend Valentine. It's at best a time waster, like Urban Legends, I said. They're very similar movies in its formula, and uh, there's better movies from this genre at this time. Not many. Um, the older I get, the more I go, I really owned a copy of I Know What You Did Last Summer? What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> I would say this movie is a watch if you have people in your house who you want them to get out, but you don't want to ask them to leave. <laughs> That's all right this movie sucks i'm gonna go all right cool that worked yeah <laughs> um but i do recommend my bloody valentine remake yeah I, I i i don't know if i'd go so far as to say like i highly recommend it but i mean it's worth a watch it's a surprise to me that this did not launch a, fr- a, a franchise i mean it cost 20 million i think it made 65 and a huge amount of money on video and i just would have thought mm. that they would have made a sequel but it seems like every time one of these remakes come out and they make a lot of money, it seems like it goes nowhere. Like, Friday the 13th. That made, like, $90 million. There's no sequel. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. We can't get enough Halloweens, apparently. Yeah, though. and that's... Jesus. Especially with Friday the 13th, because that one, that's one that has endless sequel potential. I mean, there's been 10 of them, and we've gone to space, so you can really do anything with that franchise. Yeah. Have them t- travel with back my in bloody time. Valentine, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with My Bloody Valentine, I can... I can understand that there's not really a lot of places for this franchise I guess, to go. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's about a, a serial killer who who kills people in mines. I mean, well, how, no, you how don't have to take you, that concept. You don't have to keep him in a mine, though, do you? I mean, it's just the costume, and he can escape from a mental hospital and go on a rampage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll never find out. Yeah, no, unless we can afford the rights to My Bloody Valentine Two, the Next Generation. Oh my, yeah. Still bloody. That's what we'll call it. My my bloodier Valentine. That's what we'll call it. Yeah, there you go. That one's good. <laughs> All right. So that is it for this episode. Um, check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. And Kersey, send us out. All right. Stay trashy, everybody. What about the third one? My bloodiest Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> bloodiest Valentine and ever. Then... Well, no, no. My bloody Valentine yeah. in space. <laughs> Oh God! There's gotta be a better one than that. Um, I don't know. Like we're like we've already been to space for horror. Where have we not gone? Um, like uh, Jurassic journey Park. to the center of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Have him go underground, find a, a wormhole in space, and or something like that, and he goes into different dimensions, or he fights a dinosaur. Oh, Jurassic Valentine. No, dra- my bloody Jurassic Park. <laughs> My my Jurassic Valentine. I don't know. Oh yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of places we can go that have been unexplored. So. Carnosaur versus yeah. Miner. <laughs> <laughs>